to you by our friends of the British Council. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy here at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 on West 35th Street in New York City, and we're talking rugby. And we're talking Six Nations rugby in this particular segment. And we have Mr. George Hook calling in from Ireland. And we think we have on remote Martin Pengelly at New York's best rugby pub, the Pig and Whistle. But we'll have to see. But we do know that we can see George Hook on the screen. So let's get right to Mr. Hook. George, how are you? Hi, Matt. Um, It's an unusual day because, of course, the Six Nations Championship is over and Ireland are the champions. Now, I told you right at the beginning of this championship, I've been watching it uh, for the best part of 70 years. I can't remember this happening. And it's a testament to how bad some of the teams are in this competition. So, George, I got two words for you. Jacob Stockdale. If Jacob Stockdale is the worst defender uh, we've picked for for decades, then you're probably right. Um, he's he's okay going forward, but he is appalling going back. And there's a guy called Andrew Carnegie. He was a huge steel guy in America, and he was Scottish. And he became the biggest philanthropist in America. He has now been outdone by the Scottish rugby team, who who butchered more try opportunities than my 12-year-olds do on a Saturday morning. You cannot believe how bad Scotland were. Three times with the wing free, they succeeded in throwing the ball over his head directly into touch. I've never seen anything like that in all my years by an international team. All right. Uh, Martin, uh, if you can hear us, and I think you can, are England as bad as people say? No. Um, I mean, yes, in case of uh, the last two games, and in case of the French game, which is 80 minutes of rugby that I won't get back. No one who watched it will ever get back. You can only vaguely call it rugby. It was so depressing, dispiriting, and awful. England were. But they're not an awful team. They're not a bad team overnight. They've lost two games. They were lucky to beat Wales, perhaps. They're not a bad team overnight. Jones is not a bad coach overnight. They have issues to sort out. With the breakdown, they have issues to sort out. And the back line... That happens in rugby. Their big chance, which is something that Ireland have done to them a couple of times in the past few years, is to write it all, get things going again with a good performance and a win against the Irish, denying them a grand slam on Saturday, and I think they can do. I think they're not a bad team overnight. George, you just heard what Mr. Pigelli had to say. What, what are your reactions to that? Well, I mean, you also have to remember here, they should have lost to Wales, but for an appalling decision by the television referee. So the first thing is, they could be uh, three games down, and the only team they would have beaten was Italy. Is Jones a terrible coach? No, he isn't. But interestingly, this week he has said it's going to take 18 months 
uh, to fix the England team. Now, how Jones can be optimistic that he thinks he's going to get 18 months in charge to fix it astonishes me. I actually think Jones has a sword of Damocles hanging over him at Trickenham. If Ireland win, then uh, Jones's head is going to be in a basket at the end of a guillotine, and the RFU women doing their knitting are going to be saying, who's the next coach? He cannot survive losing three games in the Six Nations Championship for England. And remember, he's coached to England, not Ireland or Scotland, to small playing populations. He's coached to the country with the biggest playing population on earth. All right, George, we're going to have rugby wrap up Swords of Damocles uh, for sale. Uh, George Hook will get a, a percentage of that, of course, and donate it to Irish Rugby Tours. Martin, Anthony Watson's yellow card. Warranted? This is, this is like the knock-on discussion after the Scotland game, the Courtney Laws tackle, the knock-on, try brought back. Was it warranted? Current laws, current interpretations? Yes. Was a penalty try warranted? Yes. My point is, what was Anthony Watson supposed to do in that situation? That was a reflex tackle. He went low. The Frenchman went lower still, ducking in, and he hit him in the head with his shoulder. It seems remarkable to me that we have a situation now where rugby is laudably concerned with head injuries, absolutely right, where people who did not intend a thing are being sent from the field, conceding penalty tries, in this case the penalty try that decided the game. Rugby is an intense physical sport, more so intense and physical when England and France are playing and they're thudding into each other like so many creatine engorged monsters, that was depressing. Point in this tackle is, Watson reacted in a reflex. So did Liam Williams against Italy. Yellow cards as well. There is no way he could not have done that. Penalty for high tackle, maybe? Yes. Penalty try, because the try would have been scored, possibly. Yellow card, very, very harsh. George, you just heard Martin. What do you think about the yellow? Well, of course, Martin Pengelly sitting from his easy chair in a pub in New York isn't getting his brains scrambled by having it hit by somebody weighing about 250 pounds. This game and the NFL have severe problems with brain trauma, and they've got to have laws. And if Pengelly doesn't like the fact that periodically somebody takes a heavy hit to the head and the Maybe extenuating circumstances. I don't buy it. Tough luck, Pengelly, and tough luck, England. And the more guys to get yellow cards for hitting head high with the shoulder. He hit him in the head with his shoulder. If he did it on 42nd Street, he'd be in jail. On that note, George, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Martin Pengelly and George Hook with more Six Nations banter just after this been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon it has the taste and the flavor what do you think's on the label I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, 
go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Hey everybody, we're back. Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up at the Studio 34 Fantasy Sports Network here on West 35th Street. And we've got Mr. George Hook calling in from Dublin and Mr. Martin Pingelli at our favorite pub, the Pig and Whistle here in New York City. Uh, George, I know that you're going to be ready to pounce on this question, but I want to ask Martin about this one first. Martin, is Ireland any good? Ireland are good. They're good at what they do, and what they do works. Going back to something George said earlier in the show, Scotland butchered how many tries with uh, appalling uh, inability to, to capitalize on overlap. Hogg threw one over the head, Hugh Jones, brilliant chip and chase, break, has a man inside, easy try, threw the ball on the ground. It was appalling, it was under eight stuff. Ireland could have conceded four or five, should have conceded four or five against Scotland. They didn't, they're lucky. Their defense is ropey, they don't try too much in attack. That's why I think England can take them. It's not that they're not a good team, they're good at what they do, but they are not as great as 4-0 when everyone else is 2-2 two two, apart from Italy would say. I have to give Mr. Hook the opportunity to answer that question. George? Well, if you're Irish and you're not me, so 4,999,099 Irish people think they're great. I think they're not. I think defensively they are very, very poor, as Scotland could have proven. Scotland could have had six or seven tries. Uh, the Ireland work on the 80-20 system. If they have the ball for 80% of the time, then the other team can't score, and therefore they win. Ireland don't get the ball past the first centre. So therefore, you had this situation that the best centre in the championship, Gary Ringrose, is lauded on the Sunday newspapers for making 12 tackles. Lauding an attacking centre like Ringrose for making tackles is a bit like lauding Jack Nicklaus for the colour of his sweater. <laughs> the point is, this is not an attacking team in the established sense. It's an efficient team that bullies teams. And interestingly, they may not bully England. England are rubbish, but if somebody just runs at them uh, and asks them to make about 200 tackles, which is what Ireland will do, I believe England can make 200 tackles. And I believe Farrell will kick penalty goals. The other thing is England are at home. In this entire championship, there have been two away wins. England predictably in Rome against Italy, and Ireland by a miracle drop goal in Paris. This weekend actually is not all that predictable as people might think. Nothing's cut and dry in this tournament, certainly, but i got to get back to what you're saying about Ireland not being that good, and that might be the case, but is it a case of everybody else just being worse, or everybody being worse than we expected? I think that's true. Um, the, 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 the French have got better. So we got the French at the perfect time, the first match. But France scored two tries. We scored none. Then we got 60-odd points against Italy, but still conceded three tries. And Stockdale gets an intercept against Wales when, if the ball was six inches higher, Wales would have won. So I have two great advantages. They're lucky 
and they don't give the ball away. Now, you can actually win a rugby game, and this is the problem. You couldn't do it in soccer, but you couldn't rugby. You can actually win a rugby match without trying to attack and then waiting for something to happen. And that's what Ireland are doing. They're very functional and so on, but oh my God, I have to pay a hundred bucks to watch them. It's awful. <laughs> All right, we're running out of time. Again, we're getting the note from downstairs that we have to go. But I, before we go, I want to get predictions from you guys. Let's go to Martin Pengelly at the Pig and Whistle. Predictions. Um, I'm going to take England to spoil uh, St. Patrick's Day, I think, by five or six, seven points. I'm going to take, obviously, Scotland to beat Italy. I think that's a, sadly a foregone conclusion. I think Scotland will uh, do what they do. They'll redeem themselves for last week's uh, mistakes. It will be made easy for them. And I'm going to take Wales to beat France in a pretty dispiriting event. Uh, Wales have got some attacking wit in them. France do not. So I'm going to take Wales to beat France by 10. He's picking against Ireland. I just, you know, it bugs the hell out of me. I got my green shirt on. I got my green tie on for you, George, because Americans do wear ties on occasion. And I got the shirt, the shenanigans shirt hanging here. But I'm going to go to you for your predictions now. Wales will beat France. Uh, Scotland will beat our, uh, Italy just about. And I have to say, I think England are going to spoil the Irish party on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I got Ireland winning at Twickenham, getting the Grand Slam because they have that lucky coach, Joe O'Schmidt, at the helm. I'm going to go with Wales in a nail-biter. Am I going with Wales? Hmm. France is so confounding. I'm going to go with Wales. I'm going to go with Wales in a nail-biter, and I'm going to have the Scots making haggis parmesan out of the Italians. That's not going to be a match. The Scots, uh, the Scots and Gregor Townsend have something to prove to their fans and themselves, I think. So I think it's going to be a 15-point differential. Um, but on that note, George, I want to give you a final thought. Well, my final thought is this, that somewhere in heaven uh, there is a guardian angel for rugby union. And in 12 months' time, rugby goes back to what it used to be about beating the defender and by evasion, talent and skill, scoring tries. And I don't have too much hope, but I keep hoping. And we keep hoping that uh, we will see you next week on this broadcast along with Mr. Martin Pengelly. And I want to thank you, gentlemen, for making this a lot of fun. Once again, we always run out of time too quickly. But on that note, on behalf of Mr. George Hook calling in from Dublin, Mr. Martin Pengelly at New York City's best rugby pub, The Big and Whistle, Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up in New York, signing off. <laughs>